Greetings and welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick on the second Sunday of Easter. Leading worship today are Jessica Rue and Jamie Howie. Our storytellers are Lucy and Dr. Tom. Our organist, pianist, music director and choir director is our beloved David Berry. And I am the Reverend Susan Brazier. Join me now in the call to worship. The word of life spoke so we could hear the alleluias of the angels. The word of life reached out so that we could touch the hope that heals us. The word of life walked out of death's dread tomb so we could follow him into life forever.
um, Dr. Trump, do you have a story for me today? I do, Lucy. I have a story about the disciple Thomas. <gasps> oh, oh, yes. Oh, I like the stories about Thomas. <laughs> He has Why? the same name as you. Oh, Dr. yes, he does. Tom. Yes, he but, does. But, Dr. Tom, did you know that Thomas was one of Jesus' friends? Yes, he was. And he was one of his students. That's Jeez. what the word disciple means. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Tom, I am in Mrs. Hornica Pluto's kindergarten class. Oh, are you? Does, does that make me Mrs. Hornica Pluto's disciple? Oh, I suppose it does. So what happened when Jesus taught Thomas? Jesus came and met with his friends, but Thomas wasn't there. <gasps> Did he miss class that day, Dr. Tom? I suppose. You know, you know when I miss class, Mrs. Hornicopluto marks me as absent. Oh. Did, did, did Jesus mark Thomas's absence? <laughs> I'm sure he knew he wasn't there. But Jesus taught a very important lesson to his other disciples, and Thomas missed it. What happened then? The other disciples were so excited about it, they went and found Thomas, and they explained the lesson to him. But oh. you know what? Thomas didn't understand what they were talking about. But Lucy, I have a question for you. Has there ever been anything that you just didn't understand or you just didn't believe it? Hmm. Oh, 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 remember when you told me about the rainbow? Yes, I and did. And you showed me the picture in the storybook of the rainbow? Yes. I didn't think there were really rainbows until I saw one oh, for yes. real. Oh, Dr. Tom, yes, it was yes, so yes. beautiful. And I liked it. And, and Dr. Tom, yes. it was better than the storybook you showed me. Uh, that's how it was with Thomas. Oh? Yes, it was that way. The other disciples, they tried to help him to understand, even though he hadn't seen it. So he what happened? Confused. What did Jesus do? Well, Lucy, Jesus is a very good teacher. Oh, I bet And he so does. when all his disciples, well, all his disciples were together, and Thomas was there. <gasps> He showed yep. up for school. He wasn't Sabbath. absent. <laughs> no, he wasn't absent that day. So Jesus took the time to teach that lesson to Thomas as well. He wanted to make sure that all of his oh. disciples understood this very important lesson. What was the lesson, Dr. Trump? That with God, death is not final. Oh. Mm. Jesus is a really good teacher. You know, Dr. Trump, I like it when Mrs. Hornica Pluto slows down and and tells me something when I don't understand and repeats the lesson like like she did with finger painting. Oh. I had I had some problems with <laughs> oh, my finger you? painting. Yes, yes, but Mrs. Hornica Pluto taught me again. Did she? Just like Jesus taught Thomas again. Jesus will always slow down for us and repeat the lesson until we understand. He is patient with us, and he'll make sure that he teaches us, just like he did with Thomas. Oh, but, but Dr. Tom, yes? maybe it would have been better if Thomas hadn't missed class that day. <laughs>
nation. Please pray with me. Breathe your Holy Spirit upon us, O Lord, as we listen to the scriptures. Open our minds and hearts to receive your living word and be filled with renewed hope. Amen. The first scripture reading today provides us with a glimpse into those very early days of the formation of the Christian church. Listen for the word of God as found in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to the each as any had need. Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 29. Listen now for the word of God. It was still the first day of the week, that evening while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told them, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the wounds left by the nails and put my hand in his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Uh, put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. I have to tell you that I have always found this Bible story a bit perplexing. According to the details, this first encounter between the disciples and Jesus happens on the evening of that very first Easter. Jesus was executed three days before. In John's Gospel that morning, Mary Magdalene encounters the risen Christ in the garden outside of the empty tomb. The text reads, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And then she relays to them the message that Jesus told her to tell them. Immediately after Mary relays this divine message, we encounter this morning's Gospel reading. The disciples are locked in a house where they have been staying. The disciples are frightened, perhaps frightened that the authorities might still be looking to round up other people identified with Jesus of Nazareth. Perhaps the knowledge of the empty tomb scared them. How would the authorities react when the body of an alleged criminal claiming to be the king of the Jews is suddenly missing? They are huddled together in the house with the doors locked when Jesus just shows up. He doesn't even knock. And on top of that, he starts breathing on all of them. Ooh, God breath. The entire situation is just so awkward. But I think we have to cut them some slack. You will not find any etiquette manual any ancient editions of Miss Manners or Emily Post about how to greet someone upon returning to life after being executed. There simply are no set standards or protocols. So here's the part that I don't get. Jesus is in the house and Jesus tells them, as the Father has sent me, I send you. So what are they still doing there a week later, huddled in the same house, still with the same locked doors? Why are they still there? What are they waiting for? Why haven't they left? After all, the risen Lord told them to go. And they are overjoyed when they saw their friend and Lord. It, it says so in the text. They are no longer fearful. They are joyful. It, it says so right there. So why are they still in the same house a week later? I have to wonder if it was because of Thomas. For whatever reason, Thomas was not with them when Jesus showed up. And we know that Thomas simply did not believe them that Jesus was restored to life. Perhaps Thomas, skeptical, prudent Thomas, was still frightened. Perhaps Thomas was unwilling to leave and follow the mandate that just struck him as senseless, even insane. Make no mistake, the authorities of the ancient Palestine would gather you up, and if they didn't like what you were saying, you too could be crucified. Perhaps it was Thomas's fear that held him prisoner in that locked room. And his friends, his friends refused to abandon him. Perhaps that's the reason why they were all still there. Isn't it interesting that even though Thomas misses this encounter with his teacher, Jesus, he's still part of that community. Even though Thomas probably thinks his friends are talking nonsense, he remains 
This man who stands firmly in doubt and skepticism still belongs. He belongs in the room with his friends and his doubts. No one excludes him because he thinks his friends have lost touch with their common sense and basic reality. The disciples stay with him in community, a community marked by forgiveness. Remember, Jesus told the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And then God does what God always does. Jesus meets Thomas in his locked room and bids him peace and offers him what he needs. What he needs to be restored to relationship with his friends, to be restored to this community of believers, to be restored to his relationship with God Almighty. Jesus meets him exactly where he is and offers him his entire wounded body and restores his faith so that he too may be set free and sent out into the world. The disciples did not kick Thomas out and Thomas did not give up. The disciples made space for Thomas and Jesus did the rest because Jesus was in the house. It is important to remember that people will not all experience God in the same way. We come to understand God through different encounters. During the Saturday morning visioning project, the topic rolled around to the fact that as a church family here at St. Andrews, we are a patient and accepting group. We allow people to find their way to God without judgment or reproach because many of us come from different spiritual backgrounds. We are one community, and we will always yield to love, to caring for each other and for those in our community. At least that is our aspiration. That sense of unity is captured in our first scripture reading today from the book of Acts. The very first line, now the whole group who believed were of one heart and soul. In Acts, we catch a glimpse of God-created community. People who had no place to belong turn to Jesus and find community. They find belonging. They find, well, they find their people. Before all the acts of heroics recorded in the book of Acts, we see the formation of community, a place where people take care of each other. The text reads that they shared all they had and no one was hungry or needed anything. Quite honestly, we saw that here last week. Over the course of eight days, we created five in-person worship services and two video services involving over 30 separate individuals who gave their gifts for worship. Gifts of song, gifts of music, gifts of reading, gifts of storytelling, gifts of painting, gifts of greeting, gifts of decorating, gifts of imagination, gifts of hospitality, costly gifts of great skill that have been honed over decades, along with simple gifts. Combined together in God's hand, no one who worshiped at St. Andrew's last week, during our Holy Week, went away hungry. When God's people come together in a joint enterprise, there is great goodness. I see that with the members of this church community when they, you talk about your Cameroon trip, everyone working together, 
the handcrafted textiles lovingly made by the members of the ladies group tucked into suitcases and the massive fundraising efforts to even make the trip possible, you all work together in community to be about God's call on your church and your lives. And in God's hands, it really doesn't matter if the community has experienced a disruption of, of falling apart. We just sang Psalm 133. The refrain of the song is the first line of the psalm. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. Oh, it is such a lovely little song, but it contains a secret. In the three short verses, the psalmist has included images from both the northern and the southern kingdoms. The Dew of Hermon, which is a mountain range in the northernmost part of the northern kingdom, and the mountains of Zion are approximately 160 kilometers apart. As you know, after the death of King Solomon, the Promised Land, the Kingdom of David, split into two separate nations, the Northern Kingdom, often called Israel, and the Southern Kingdom, called Judea. These sibling kingdoms were often prone for their share of sibling rivalry, complete with warring skirmishes. But our psalmist writes how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. In God, our divisions are not permanent. God's blessing overcomes our human disunity. Often families are not in harmony, including church families. I often think that without human discord and the problems faced by those first churches in Corinth, Philippi, or Thessalonica, we would have none of Paul's letters. In God, our divisions are not permanent. God's blessings overflow our human disunity. So, just like with Thomas, Jesus will meet us where we are and give us what we need to be part of the community, a part of this community. As the author of Acts describes the first church in Jerusalem as a community of believers, you too are part of this family. We will not abandon you. We will not abandon you behind the locked doors of your heart. For we know, we trust, that God is in the house.
please join me in the prayers of the people. Thank you, loving God, for your renewing presence in our lives and for the many ways that you make yourself known to us in the words spoken in peace, in actions that embody love, in creation that awakens wonder within us, and in worship that inspires faith and understanding with memories of grace that you have shown us, and with confidence in you will yet show us more. We pray that all people will come to know the life-giving joy that we find in Christ. We pray for those who are feeling fearful, worried, or overwhelmed, especially as the months of the pandemic restrictions stretch on and on. Lord Jesus, reveal to them your risen presence. We pray for those who face violence and unrest each day in countries around the world and at home and in our community. Lord Jesus, reveal to them your risen presence. We pray for our national, provincial, and municipal leaders as they lead planning for our communities to recover from the pandemic. Give them wisdom and confidence. Lord Jesus, reveal to them your risen presence. We pray for our congregation and for churches in our community and for Christians around the world, especially those who face discord and persecution. Lord Jesus, reveal to them your risen presence. We pray for our neighbors, especially those who live in poverty and those who know rejection and discrimination. Lord Jesus, reveal to them your risen presence. We pray for all those who are ill or in pain or in grief. We remember before you silently those on our hearts today. Bring them comfort and strength, Lord Jesus. Reveal to them your risen presence. God, our maker, hear our prayers and use us in ways that we may not yet even imagine to respond to those around us with love that we see in Christ Jesus and the confidence that we draw from his resurrection. With hopeful hearts, we offer the prayer that he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Have courage, hold on to that which is good, return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Oh,